gibberish, gibberish, one, two, three, one, two, three, gibberish. Testing one, two, three on my mic. 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 Hey, look at this. Did you? I totally, I completely forgot the opening. (laughs) My name is Todd Meisner. My name is Todd Welbert. I'm Paul Coletti. My name is John Greenwood. John Greenwood. That no, that's a that's if you've been listening to all our episodes, we've been promising. We've been promising the retirement episode of Talking Pictures, and here we have. He's wheeled his wheelchair into the studio. Motorized. Motorized. And uh, John Greenwood, uh, dispatch Argus photographer for 33 and a half years, retires tomorrow. Hours away. Hours away. Would it be rude of me to say that you've been shooting for this company as long as I've been alive? (laughs) Wow. Rude? (laughs) No, not rude? Okay, good. Not rude. Not rude. He's gonna get you back. It's not a bad. It's not a bad thing. No, it's not. So we're here to. We're gonna. We're gonna quiz John on some stuff. But first of all, John, what's your favorite band? (laughs) Favorite band. Favorite performer at this point is probably Albert Collins. But Albert's dead, so I have to move on. And then, uh, what's the best show? John John is a is a renowned concert photographer, among other things that he's photographed in his days here. But John was by far the best concert photographer I ever have ever dealt with, and ever worked with. Has the most encyclopedic knowledge of bands, music, music history, uh, performers, musicians, composers, writers, band leaders, you name it. I think he slept with Janis Joplin, too. <laughs> but that's a secret. He just smiles. He's not saying anything. I know, I know. Does this podcast go out nationally? Oops, sorry. Um, but uh, what's, your favorite, what's the favorite show you've ever shot, John? Yeah. That's uh, that's a tough. That's I haven't shot uh, my favorite performer, favorite show I've never seen yet. Uh, <laughs> Gosh, it, they go. The list goes on and on and on. I've seen so many of all styles, varieties of music. I'm not a big country fan, but I uh, enjoy country shows because they're they're great performers. Uh, mm-hmm. Enjoy the rockers. Enjoy well, not so much the heavy metal guys, <laughs> yeah. because they like the mosh pit, mosh pits, and throw chairs. <laughs> <laughs> now you, you've, you've, you've shot a lot of shows at uh, our local venue here at the iWireless, but you've also done a lot of work for like the Mississippi Blues uh, Society yes, yes. Uh, down on the river and things like that. What, what do you think, what's the element that makes a good show, not just from a photographic standpoint, but just, just a music standpoint? The uh, oh, They're totally different venues. The Blues Society at the Blues Fest... You get to go backstage, visit with the performers beforehand or after their shows. They're much more laid back, far more relaxed atmosphere. Although at the iWireless, I've uh, got to visit a few performers over the years behind uh, behind the catacombs after they performed, and most all of them are very gracious. They're extremely appreciative of us telling them how good their shows were, how much we enjoy them, and uh, it's. No, it's rewarding. Who was the most stoned after the show that you've ever? <laughs> you can say yourself if that's the case. No, no. <laughs> I don't know why I'm razzing this I, whole time. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, 
he's yeah. on the, he, the human resources won't hear right. this until he's out the door <laughs> right. and he's signed yeah. his, <laughs> his retirement papers and he's right. got his check and he's hit the streets. Yeah, a lot of the shows, all he had to do was take a big breath and uh, that was plenty. <laughs> <laughs> Even though there's no smoking in this facility. Yeah, that's right. It's like Crosby, Stills, and you go cover a Crosby, Stills, and Nash show from the rafters of the IY. You'll get stoned from up there, all the smoke that comes up to you. I must say, one of the some of the better shows were uh, Moody Blues, only because their three songs took about 45 minutes. To <laughs> <laughs> so they had plenty of time to get the right shot. And the Beach Boys, on the under, other hand, are, uh, what, minute and a half each song, so... Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> if you were changing film during their show, you missed it. We'll yeah. talk about all that because I know just from my limited experience shooting at the iWireless Center here in Moline, that different bands have restrictions. Can you talk a little bit about what you're, how long you're allowed to shoot it? At no, normal, shows? normal uh, rules for concerts are you get the first three songs, but then Meatloaf had us. Uh, we could not shoot the first song, even though we were led out into the auditorium, and. Uh, one of our competitors and I were standing there with our long glass. I think we were back at the soundboard. The older the band, the Get further the we are away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, how true. Meatloaf, I was playing guitar on the first song, and of course we were not allowed to shoot that. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so about the last 10 seconds of his song, we of course got a couple frames off, and that's what made the paper. Uh, he, gave the, he gave the guitar up for the next two songs we're allowed to shoot. They're still filed somewhere. That's awesome. Um, you know, is that been the is that the thing you've liked the most? I mean, you your career is varied. I mean, you started at the paper at the Argus here locally in what year? 80, 1984. In nineteen eighty four. Yes. So. What were you doing before 1984? Set the scene. You grew up in Geneseo? Grew up in Geneseo. Uh, after school, went to, studied electronics, Blackhawk for a year. Space program was big. The Apollo program was big. And mm-hmm. thought I wanted to be an electronics technician. And after a year, decided I didn't want to be an electronics technician. <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to get electrocuted. So I uh, started working odd jobs, wound up doing some painting and wound up working construction for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Made decent money, learned valuable uh, secrets into the building trade, saved me thousands and thousands of dollars years later. Yeah, when John <laughs> retires, he's gonna go and start just <laughs> repairing his house, which is what he's been yeah. doing <laughs> last 30 all, years. the last 30 years. <laughs> the, uh, one of the questions I had is uh, you're also kind of uh, You've seen a lot of changes in the music industry. We, you, you kind of grew up in a time where, uh, I don't know, the bands weren't so commercialized. Maybe um, I'm always amazed at the requirements and the restrictions that uh, musicians put on us now, especially some of the bigger names. And you know, it's you know, real recently here we've had that blow up with uh, Taylor Swift and um, Apple, Apple, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the the photographic rights. Um, did you, I mean, are you surprised when, when you sign your name on some of those contracts, what that looks like anymore? There are, they obviously, they aren't that common to, uh, we don't, they do not come across that often, but we've had, uh, had a handful where, yeah, you can't, uh, the picture can make the paper once and they don't ever want to see it hit the light of day again, or you feel like they're going to track you down and <laughs> yeah. skin mm-hmm. you alive. Shake you. Yeah. 
It's, uh, why do you think they're? Why do you think that they're so interested in controlling it? Where Led Zeppelin was like, "Hey, yeah, shoot the whole show," and and now and now the bands are are just so hyper sensitive to everything. I mean, Beyonce wants you to take a picture of her at your show, but use a sh- picture from the previous show. And then she will approve your picture for the next show's usage. And of course, everybody's not, I don't know how many people oh. agreed to that, but I mean, that's pretty extreme. Um, I think a lot of it's the fact that the sharing, internet sharing, uh, they're losing money on sales because people mm-hmm. are passing around their music. So they're trying to recoup everything they can from, the, uh, from their photos. They want to make money on reprints or their own their own designated photographer, mm-hmm. their, their mm-hmm. photos and their music. And it's interesting. It's taking a yeah. pinch out of their out of their wallets. Mm-hmm. And looking back on your career, I, I know you've had an opportunity to meet some uh, some really great blues musicians. Do you have like an anecdote you can share with uh, a time where you got to spend uh, spend some time with somebody who uh, who you really looked uh, up to? There was a as I've a. Uh, struggling saxophone player I took up the sax maybe 10 years ago in the last four years I've hardly touched it because of house projects and life but uh, there was a fellow who would come to the area every year at the Blues Fest and play he'd sit in with different bands but he's been around for uh, for years and years and years but he always kind of laughed he said playing blues is a piece of cake he said jazz is very intricate and involved and which it is it's a whole different uh, styles that he uh, he said oh yeah anybody can play the blues well <laughs> you're gonna have a lot of people argue that it's not quite that simple mm-hmm. to make it sound good but, uh, it was easy for him oh yeah, yeah. yeah yeah as opposed to the four white guys in this room <laughs> well you i know that a career is as long and successful as yours has been uh comes with uh, a lot of different assignments and that sort of thing. So, cliched question alert: Aside from shooting bands and performances, um, is there some kind of um, assignment, uh, a specific the, photo that sticks out in your mind as something? The thing that uh, it hasn't has never gone away. I said the adrenaline rush you get mm-hmm. when you hear a, a structure fire call or mm-hmm. a, a serious accident where there's a extrication is needed your adrenaline just goes up to the roof through the roof and yeah. you, you, know, you immediately go into overdrive and you fly out and get to the scene as quick as you can and even scrambling still, to, if, oh yeah yeah. That, yeah that's never gone away never will yeah. I said I've got an old uh, scanner at home and I cannot pick up some of the new electronic frequencies but uh, even listening to the local community I mm-hmm. hear a call I'll or if I hear the sirens, I run in, flip on the scanner, and see right. if it's something I want to want to yeah. pursue. <laughs> Does that mean we can call you at home on a Sunday and say, "Hey, there's something happening in Geneseo"? Doesn't I, mean I'll I know you're listening. Yeah. That's right. I mean, you might have to get through his right. wife. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Who's this? He's painting the ceiling. I, I've had, I've had to call John at home back in the days before cell phones. And his wife would have to get him off the roof. <laughs> John's on the roof. Do you really need to talk to him? It's kind of important. All right, just a second. Um, the, you know, that's what Terry said. When Terry Herbig, uh, mm-hmm. longtime director of photography here, um, who John and I both worked for, um, Paul, he came 
he came he was and he was leaving paul came in and right. todd worked with him when he was a reporter um that's what he said at his retirement party was that if he if he could he'd stay if he all he could do every day was just cover spot news but wow. the other yeah. bull crap that came along with that gig mm-hmm. um and comes along with that gig is um it was just you know he he was done yeah. So that comes to John Greenwood's done. <laughs> yeah. When did you realize you were you just you it was time to you know get a margarita and, and sit on the beach? I think after my last injury uh, last fall, uh, I wasn't mm-hmm. healing as quick, nowhere near as quick as the doctor expected, and uh, wasn't milking it. It just it wasn't <laughs> uh, wasn't coming around. Mm-hmm. I thought, boy, and with my wife's head condition, I thought, well. I can afford to do this for a year or so, and, and uh, time to maybe bow out and get some new blood in here, and because the industry is changing, mm. it's changing almost what monthly. Yeah, mm. it's mm. funny. Ever since your announcement, I've been getting text messages from people who might or might not want to work here. When's oh, John leaving? Are you gonna open up <laughs> applications? Send your applications to Todd Meisner at tmeisner at qconline dot com. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, you, we're gonna fly we, I, the way we sit, and, and it doesn't really. This is kind of inside baseball. But the way we sit in our department is kind of forms. Uh, Paul and I are in little cubby holds, which used to be um, a wet used to be a wet color room, and and I'm in the dark in the and where the real chemistry used to be, which is right. the reason why my hair is falling out, <laughs> and um, and asbestos <laughs> floors. Yeah. Um, but uh, where Todd and John and Gary and Meg sit. The bullpen area is a kind of a four square of their desks, and we're going to just leave John's desk open. No one's going to sit in John's desk, mm-hmm. and we're going to fly at a missing man formation because the uh, as John's boss for the last however many years, I'm going. I already appreciate how much that he has done for me and this department, and all the little things that he does. But we're going to really realize it. Mm-hmm. when he's not sitting yeah. in that chair. Right, and if we yeah. let somebody sit in that chair, it yeah. it's, doesn't feel like he's gone. And and John, of course, has a primo seat because he's closest to the fridge, he's closest to the scanner, <laughs> he's closest to the microwave, mm-hmm. and he's just far out of eye range to the people walking by in the hallway right, yeah. that he's not the first person they ask when they want something. <laughs> so John's kind of got a primo spot. He's That's next right. to, the, to, the, to the phone. He has to answer the phone sometimes. He's and, next to me. Yeah. And he, yeah. Well, that's the one big drawback. Uh, it's one of the main reasons I'm leaving. <laughs> you can't take the smell wear. anymore. <laughs> and the ins- years of abuse. <laughs> insert the sign effect of zing. Yeah. yeah. All right. That didn't didn't work quite the way I wanted it to. <laughs> you know, John, I, I know people have been making you a little bit crazy in this uh, last couple of days here, asking you about what uh, what you're going to do next. Do you have you Do you have any big plans, or is it just going to be it's retirement. It's retirement, <laughs> so, yeah. I said finish the house, which has been, uh, this one is five years in the process, but it's almost through. Did you ever finish the first house in Geneseo before uh, you moved into Moline uh, and then moved back to actually, Geneseo? I think we I think we almost did, but then uh, squirrels attacked the cupola. <laughs> <laughs> Damn squirrels. So, that's, so. we, we should probably explain that John has uh, uh, restored an, uh, what, an Italian mansion, Italiante, or how do I know how to pronounce it? Yes, but. it's, uh, well, I've gone through, I don't know, what, gosh, I can't even think of the names of them now, but three mm-hmm. different 
three different Victorians. Victorians, that, wow. wow! And wow. this is and this isn't just uh, scraping and painting. It's, no, uh, it's sadly it's it's a little more involved. <laughs> Actually, I was on the roof this morning, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, the worst part is I gave my stepson the uh, the good aluminum ladder, so I had to crawl up the old rickety wooden one. <laughs> oh man, we didn't get him that. We just should have got him a big ladder for <laughs> retirement. Right? Yeah. yeah, no kidding. Yeah, we didn't get you a ladder. We got you something better than a ladder. Um, but anyway, the uh, well, it's just going to be. It's just going to be weird. It, yeah. It's just going to be weird. I didn't. It was weird when Terry retired, um, but because I stepped into his job mm. and mm-hmm. it was, it was like I didn't have time to worry about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hit the ground running. Oh, who yeah. who yes, worked he here? When right. did he leave? <laughs> um, but uh, but John is just going to leave a gaping hole in the department. Mm-hmm. And I and I think more not even just professionally, but personally, because right. John is. Yep. One of the nicest human beings you're ever going to meet. He's one of the most honest. If you ever, I only think I saw John mad three times, but John was mad. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Rage. Okay, John, I'll go solve that problem right now for you. Um, But yeah, no, he's honest, uh, hardworking, uh, great photographer, just a joy to be around, always good to talk to you about something other than photography. I mean, when you're on a... You know who else? You know, I can't talk to the who about the who with you guys. No. You guys know nothing. Nope. I mean, John was nope. there. People, yeah, Keith Moon behind the kid. Yeah. You guys know nothing. So mm. you know, yeah. and Cranbeck's still on Nickelodeon with his kids. So he, we're not <laughs> talking music with Gary. I love Gary, but we're not talking rock and roll no. music with him. Maybe '70s like, TV trivia, but not. <laughs> Better living through chemistry. That's right. That's right. (laughs) It takes the edge off. (laughs) So what's the best spot news you covered? I mean, you you, you had to rush for it. What was the... We had just discussed this briefly that the uh, early on in my career, a man who was told by his mother, I was standing out in front of his house, that he had been up for three days. He was high on numerous drugs. This was back 30 years ago. He was holding a little girl, his daughter, next to his side and holding a little baby in his arms. And he looked like he was just strung out, extremely wound up. And a police negotiator was out about 10 feet away from him, trying to talk him into giving up the kids and coming out. Supposedly he had knives and Lord knows what else in his house. Hmm. But uh, just the the look on the guy's face uh, told the story. And you know, I was out there for quite a long time, and he would disappear. He would come back, but a, uh, but that was the most probably early, as I said, early in my career. But that's the one that stands out. Hmm. It's an incredible picture. We got to have, we got to dig it up because you, you, if you found the print, could, could not find it yet. No, <sighs> no. What was buried the somewhere resolution? in the Victorian Man? Yeah. What happened to the, that? They that scene? eventually were able to get him to to let go of the kids. Give the kids and, up. Yeah. You know, Ooh. He went peacefully, but it touch it and was, go for a while. It was touch and go. Yes, it was Yikes, very nerve wracking. Yikes! That you know that kind of talks. We've talked about these in different podcasts uh, before about access and how access has yeah. changed. And access, I'm not sure that if that exact scene were happening mm-hmm. today, John would have been across no, the street. Right? No, yeah. Yeah. You'd have been you've been two blocks right, away. Right. Yeah. You know, another uh, another event was a, a sailing at the Davenport Sailing Club. I was out in one of the boats. We were, they were having their sailboat races. All of a sudden, a storm blew up out of nowhere. And in the course of a couple minutes, I think four boats had flipped over, were in the water. One boat wound up, wound up going through the roller dam, literally oh, through yes. the dam. Yikes. 
and we were I was had to put cameras down and try to photograph helping pull people out of the water wow uh, wow kind of getting drenched in the process and so I'm shooting one hand <laughs> holding on to a guy trying oh, to get him in the boat. You shoot, with, you shoot so with an F2? Or that was probably an F2. F2. Yeah. That's F2, a heavy... Actually, F2 and an FM. That's a... Yeah. yeah. That's the, Both, the, yeah. F2, yeah. you could have easily dunked him. Yeah, that... Uh, <laughs> anybody who's listening to knows how heavy an F2 would be. You know, it's like... I don't know. It's, what a, it's a heavy camera. I was going to throw out a poundage, but then I didn't want to yeah. look stupid. <laughs> no, they were tanks. They were uh, monstrosities, but well, you great beat, cameras. Yeah, but. you could beat the living crap oh. out of them. You can't beat a living crap out of a, a, a digital. I don't care if it's the D4 mm. or the D3 or anything mm. else. You mm, can't yeah. beat the crap out no. of it. Mm-mm. And why Nikon continuously and Canon continuously put on their on their sub-professional cameras like the 800 and the 7200 and whatnot put that stupid little fl- flip flash on the top of the head yeah. i hate yeah. that Dumb. i i tape yep. mine down mm-hmm. they pop up at the most mm-hmm. inopportune moments yep. um you know the d800 is a great camera but that why is that stupid flip flash on the top no i have idea. no idea yeah. I mean, anyway, now that I've sent my my <laughs> video podcast rage to Nikon. Uh, so you're going to work in the house. You're going to sit around. Are you going to go anywhere? Are you going to vacation? You're yes. Do- actually, just in a few days, be heading out to Virginia, help a uh, son out there work on his house. Several weeks out on that <laughs> can't one. Can't get enough. <laughs> come back can't for, get it up. Come yeah. back for a week, go down to our daughters and help them work on theirs. Oh, man. <laughs> Mainline and spackle right into his veins. Uh, besides besides the spot news, what else are you going to miss? Uh, the people, obviously. It's, you know, it's cliched, but, uh, yeah, so we've had a great group. Of the photo department, we've all gotten along tremendously. Uh, Nobody smokes. <laughs> we, we don't drink heavily in the office. So. In the office. In the Did office. you notice that he said yeah, in, the yeah, in the office? Quickly right. jump on yeah, in the office. Caveat. If no, you plan no. to go on to journalism, learn how to drink now. <laughs> but no, it, uh, the people. You, uh, they said for a third of my life I've been at this newspaper, and uh, you, know, you develop some strong bonds. Well, we, mm-hmm. we're going to miss the hell out of you. Quick, back to the uh, – you were – we're in that what is called for people who don't live in the Quad Cities who might be listening. The Dispatch and the Rock Island Argus used to be two separate newspapers, and so we are currently in the Dispatch building. But when John worked as the chief photographer for the Argus, he was in a, a gorgeous old building with huge windows in downtown Rock Island. Um, what was it like to work in that building, and then what was it like to come over here into this uh, monolith? Well, the uh, the Argus. The photo department was set up, it was a unique situation, even though the front entrance of the Argus was just stunning. As you said, the huge mm-hmm. ceilings and chandeliers, it was just gorgeous. But we would go in, normally, for the photo department, we'd go up the back stairs. We were able to avoid the newsroom, avoid all the editors. <laughs> we could sneak in and go in and get our work done, mm-hmm. get things turned, and you know, then poke your head out and see what was going on. But, uh, but the... As you said, we had windows, windows everywhere. The newsroom was uh, three sides windows, and we had photo department had windows everywhere, and we had a great big area to operate. But coming over to the dispatch, you uh, felt like you were going into a tomb somewhat, <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, you had to scrounge to find a window to see if there was actually sunlight uh, or <clears throat> the uh, 
death storm was approaching. Yeah, the closest window <laughs> to our department is you have to go out of the photo department through what is the technically the library and our editorial page editor's office. And above her desk, there is a you got to stretch over her desk to look out a window that's about two by two. It's like a it's like a square porthole is what it yeah, is. It's yeah, it's a square porthole to Yikes. look out into the alley area of the building. <laughs> Let's see yes. if there's rain coming from the south. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because if the rain's coming from the north, you got to go out look at another window, which is on the other side of the building. And early on, when I was programming scanners, when we first went to the, the Raycom's uh, uh, trunked system, I had to go in and use that window, set the radios in the window ledge to be able to pick up the signals oh to program them because wow. I couldn't do them in our office in the, anywhere in the building because of all the metal blocking signals. Yes. It's a concrete yeah. bunker, yeah. folks. Yeah, it is. If, yeah. you're, if yeah. the tornado comes or the apocalypse comes, we're going to be nice and yeah, safe in this big, in. giant concrete bunker. Yeah. But uh, And actually, there's a um, nuclear fallout shelter sign right outside the photo <laughs> department <laughs> pointing down. So if it's nuclear fallout, we're going to the – just come to the dispatch. Yeah. We'll bring you down to the basement <laughs> when the Russians attack. You know, Putin may just push the button. You never know. <laughs> you know? You know, one of the, the dispatch thing that cracked me up was uh, the light that would, that they would that would come on when it was raining. It okay. still does. It still does. Yeah. But here's the thing. I thought that was based on some sort of, uh, you know, meteorological switching. There's a sensor on the roof There's or something. There's a sensor. Yeah. No. No. Someone flips the switch. They look outside. <laughs> what? Oh, it's raining. Yeah. Yeah. It's like My maybe, mind's being blown right now. Know, somebody, right? somebody with a window somebody, actually has somebody, a switch. Somebody's like, flip. oh, it's raining. And they throw the, oh. the rain switch. It's very, it's very Dr. Strangelove. Yeah. I know. When I found that out, I was... I, I, I Who felt, throws the rain switch? I have to I, know. I think it might be Yater. I think she, I think she keeps an eyeball on it and throws the switch. <laughs> She doesn't have a window within a hundred feet of her. No, she doesn't. I don't know. I think it's I think it's customer service. Maybe when they're yeah. downstairs, they see people coming in wet. Oh, time to yeah. throw the switch. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I believe that. Maybe it's Steve Flat. He has a window. I don't think we can put charge Steve in charge of the switch. No. no. Uh, anyway. Um, you got anything else for John? Yeah, I'm sure I, I do. I just not coming to mind. You should come on. I know I'm racking my brain. You've been working with him for how long? Eight what years. Was, what was your first impression of John? My first impression of Slacker. John. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let me let me think here. I know I have a first impression of John. What would it have been, John? You Don't know, ask for help. <laughs> See, you're not looking not, for a clip. No, scrunch down in my comfy chair. No, he, John. You know, it. John's the guy who knows everything. I, I'm I'm struggling to remember my first impression, um, but it's fair to say that my impression of John hasn't changed since I first remember having an impression of him, which is that he, like I said, he knows everything, he knows everyone, he knows the ropes, every back road, where every skeleton is buried, he knows, um, like I said, he's got an encyclopedic wealth of knowledge that includes photography and culture and uh, you name it. Um, he's always been the go-to guy. How many times everything. has someone come up to you and said, do you know John Greenhood? Oh, oh too, yeah. I, too many times That's, to count. And not just when I'm in Geneseo, everywhere. Yeah. Do you know everywhere. John Greenwood? Yeah. Is it? Can I speak to John Greenwood? Yeah. Those yeah. people are yeah. paid a lot of money to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I remember, this is, a, this is an impression of John Greenwood. 
Um, I remember we ended up. You don't up, sound anything like John Greenwood. No, well, no, and it's, I'm not going to look like him either. <laughs> okay. Uh, we ended up on the same at the same thing one time, and I can't remember if it was a fire or if it was a, a cop thing or what. It was just one of those things. We both were out in our cars, both listened to the same scanner, and ended up at the same place at the same time. And uh, I can remember John walking up. And uh, and I, I I guess I'm a little spastic on a scene, maybe a little jumpy, but I can remember John walking up, nice and cool, and uh, there's cool. you know totally there's, there's cool, totally cool. Totally there's cool. there's a yellow perimeter tape line around, and he walks up to the yellow tape line, and there's a cop on the other side, and he's like, hey, officer so and so, and the guy goes like, hey, John, how you doing? And I was like. You know, that's what I want to be. That doesn't come, uh, you know. I'm always they're always like, "Get out of here, bum! We don't know you." <laughs> yeah, I think that John Greenwood has always kind of reminded me of Chester Cheetah. Oh yeah, <laughs> a cool dude in a loose mood. Yeah, yeah. John is <laughs> totally. always just not very. Like I told you, I've only ever seen him get mad three times. It didn't yeah. last very long, but he was really mad, yeah. and uh, usually involved the gold book. Um, <laughs> say, you know, my biggest fear, and uh, we used to have a photographer, part-timer, called Gil Olson. Oh, Gil was the man. Gil was, Gil was the best. He, Gil was the man. He covered all the gold books, all the social events. And my biggest fear and over the years working here that I was going to have to be relegated to covering gold books, <laughs> wearing a suit and covering, and then forgetting where I parked at the end of the shoot. So. Gil, was, Gil was such an awesome guy. He, he was a Marine. He uh, boxer. A boxer. You know, he worked for deer. He loved to take pictures. And but he, in his elderly years, sweet guy. But he would his wife would drive him to work some days. And when he was done with work, if his wife drove him, he'd go out and look for his car. Yeah, great guy. And if and if, and if he drove, he'd call his wife for a ride. <laughs> Every single time, you'd be walking out to an assignment, and Gil'd be standing in the parking lot, kind of looking. Gil, Gil, your wife dropped you off today. Oh, oh yeah. So when he retired, that now this is the thing that that I learned very early in my career when Gil retired, that when you retire. You're gone. I mean, it, you know, mm. uh, and it killed Gil because mm-hmm. he, he was weird. Do we ate cake? Now tomorrow we'll eat cake and and toast John and whatever. And um, and then everybody's gonna have to go back to work. Right. And right. so mm-hmm. when Gil was done, and everybody just kind of scattered into the wind, he was just kind of standing there. Mm-hmm. And he turned to me and he goes, "If you if you ever need anything, make sure you call me. It's my wife who wants me to retire." <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> and he was like, wasn't he dead in like, like it's, three months? Yeah, it was short, yeah. short time frame. Yeah, I mean, can you really hold on short. longer than that? Yeah, we hope. Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gil and Kenny Douglas went real quick oh, after yes. retiring. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, John's going to go off and do something and be interested. Yeah. He's always got something going. He's always got a project going. So I don't have any worries about you know John pulling yeah. a Gil Olson. But uh-huh. I want to be like Fred, hang around for for a few years. Oh, yeah. That's right. Fred, Fred, was, Fred was a long time. Fred yeah. hung around a long he, time. He was busy. Years. He was yeah. active. Yeah, yeah. So. Fred Marzoff. No. Are you going to shoot anything? Are you? I mean, Herbiga went off to be uh, nature boy, nature, nature boy, boy yeah. shooting wildlife. wildlife. Are yeah. you? Do you have any big plans? Or just I do as not. It comes, no, yeah. I'll I'll work on it eventually. Mm-hmm. But no rush. But I'm sure I'll get itchy you know, in a very short time frame. Mm-hmm. There's probably an unfulfilled market for you know. 
boudoir photography somewhere. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I've always missed my calling. <laughs> <laughs> you just opened me up to all sorts of sound effect music. <laughs> Boom, chicka, wah, wah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sound effects. That is where I hone my professions. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so anybody who's looking for a boudoir photographer, call Jay Greenwood. <laughs> the, uh, the good old days we used to do advertising for. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We. Yeah. Do, do, Let's I walk took the a, line. Walk I, the line. Walk I, that razor <laughs> line. Let's talk about it. Okay, we're gonna walk the line. We're gonna walk the line. I took that very. I took it very serious, though. I <laughs> took you? multiple lights. And <laughs> we we, we should explain what's, what we're talking yeah. about. Well, what we're talking about is at one point, we we don't do very much advertising photography. I mean, at a newspaper this size, 50,000 circulation, occasionally advertising department asks you to do something. In the old days, we did a lot more of it. And then we had an, adver- we had an ad rep that... Uh, was trolling the, uh, uh, the the opportunistic market and uh, and had a strip club as a as a client and so to get the ads more current, we had to go to the strip clubs and photograph the strippers, but not while they were on stage, but when they would come back into the locker room. Kind of awkward. Hey, honey, what are you shooting tonight? Basketball? No, going to the strip club. <laughs> so, yeah, you're standing in a locker room, and the girls would come off stage, and they're all sweaty and glittery, you know, and you're standing there in the corner with your, you know, with your umbrella and kind of trying to look like you're not looking, and you're looking up at the sky, and you're looking up at your floor. And it's like, okay, they come over, and then they stand there and put their hands on their hips, like, okay, I'm ready. I'm like, you're going to have to come. Cover the girls off. <laughs> not good it's, models. Strippers, no, not good no, models. No. Really? No, they, strippers they, were terrible yeah. models. They had moves on stage, but they but just then standing. get them off the stage. Yeah, no. Strike a pose, just standing, not so much. It was, it was tough. Wow. Yeah. Some of them, you could not. You, I, you, I worked and worked, and yeah. you could now, not get the quality photos. John, you've got a lot of friends who are outside the photography world. When they when, when they would find out you, you, you took pictures of uh, strippers... Like, would the razzing ever stop? I mean, well, I'd say they became my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a friend of that? Yeah. <laughs> Can I borrow that negative? <laughs> you know, and I've also been, and I think we've all been in situations where we've ran into people that we photographed, like at the the grocery store or you mm-hmm. know at the gas station. No. Any no. any strippers ever? Hey, John. <laughs> I did recognize a few <laughs> on occasion. Yeah. And that was that. That was that. You know, you tell your wife. You know, honey, I mean, I had been married for very long when we did that. We only did it for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had been married for very long. So it's like, hey, honey, hey, I'm going to the, you know, you're going where? <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. So, you know, she understood it was part of the job. But it was, I mean, it's it, for me, it was, it was just weird. And then, <laughs> I think it pretty much ended when Lisa Davis, who used to work here, is a wonderful mm-hmm. photographer, female photographer, well, with the name Lisa, I guess that was obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Terry assigned her to do it, and she refused to do it. And that was the end. I think that was, <laughs> that was kind it. of the end of advertising strip clubs mm-hmm. and and, uh, and going to shoot them as they had to provide their own photos or whatever. But it was a weird period of time. It was... It was, oh God, there's nothing sexy about it, I'm telling no, you. No, there is man. nothing no. sexy about Mm-mm. not, you know, no offense to all the strippers who are working their way through nursing school, but they're <laughs> not that bright, 
and up close, they're not that pretty. Here it comes. Here comes the emails. You just open the door. Oh, yeah, because all the strippers that are listening to Talking Pictures podcast. We don't want to alienate any groups, and you just did one. Hashtag strippers. We'll put that in there. We'll see what happens. We'll see if we can get it. You know, Joe Rogan can't have all the strippers listen to him, so... Uh, anyway, oh boy, that's a good one. A day, to end a on. day in the life. Yeah, totally. A day in the life. Yeah, this job. You know, what we're going from fires one minute, the strippers in the next. Right. In the yep. old days. Yep. Yeah. See, I could say I was in the old days, man. Film strippers, yep. fires. <laughs> John and I are old school. Yeah, right. you, you'll be doing this podcast for me in a few years. Yeah. And I used up my stripper story. Damn it. We used, we used to get to take photos, and our film wouldn't take, of course, on the takeoff spool. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah those. Ugh. And we always used to try to squeeze a few extra frames out of the roll. So if you get to 37 or 38 or 39, you think, oh, okay, that's all right. But you rarely bothered to check to make sure you weren't getting 45 oh. or 50. Yeah, yeah, the, <laughs> if you did, oh you knew you'd lost the whole shoot. Well, yeah, because you the I was I think I told the story in an earlier podcast that if you if you back in the days of film mm-hmm. that if you a photographer came to photograph you and I think this was a universal rule that you went and you photographed them you know like choo 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 click 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 you know moves something and then as you, the person turned at, to walk away mm-hmm. to go pack up and they and they kind of look at their camera and then came back and said you know what let's try it from one let me just move this light a little bit let me try it one more time no film in the camera no film in the camera camera. slightly different angle i put film for the millennium i this is a very little known story i put film in thought i tore off the the leader as to after the Nikon used to leave a leave a, um, a little leader off so that you could tear it off and then load it into the into the development reel and I set the film down, must have looked away, picked up the exact same roll, shot over it oh, of the oh. fireworks of the millennium. Oh. If it were not for Dan Vidadich mm-hmm. shooting on the other side of the bridge and he took a wonderful picture, mm-hmm. we were screwed. <laughs> And so it's Thanks. the millennium. It's like we got to have I, this picture yeah. done. Mm-hmm. And I developed my film, and the, the extra, this one roll of film is missing. I'm like, where's this roll of film? Oh, crap. Dan, pull my film out of the, out of the dryer when, I'm, when it's dry. I got to go back there. So I race mm. all the way down to Rock Island, and I g- get there. And I think we had bag phones in 2000. Yes, yes, so we had yes. bag phones. So the bag phone rings in the car and Dan goes, you're not going to find it. And I'm like, no, it's, I, I, I know I've dropped it. I know exactly where I dropped it. He goes, no, mm-hmm. you didn't drop it. You exposed it twice. You double exposed, you the, double roll. exposed mm-hmm. the roll of film of Yikes. the big fireworks show over the Centennial Bridge. Uh, that is my biggest oops. Uh, <laughs> Yep. Huh. And that, and I, I always say to my wife, well, digital, I ain't going to do that again. Yeah, right, you know, yeah, 3,200 pictures on my 32 gig card. <laughs> you know, hey, change the exposure, not going to go over, never Perfect. change film. I, I welcome the digital era with mm-hmm. open arms. That's, I'm always amazed when, and I don't know, maybe you get this too. Do people ever ask you, do you ever miss film? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah that's quite regular. Actually. Do you miss film? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anybody who does. I cuz I also remember have you ever torn the 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 um the film off the back end? 
mm. when you're advancing it and you, oh yeah you, you think oh you got a 12 and oh, you know sure. it's you, you, you had it, yeah no. and clack and all of a sudden you're like oh that gave away really easy <laughs> so it's, now you have 12 previously exposed rolls yeah. of film wound up on one side, of your, on one side of your camera and unless you brought a bag with you a yeah. changing bag you're screwed yep, that body's mm-hmm. gone yep oh well yeah wow. I, there was a point when i did carry a changing bag because of that because though. of that yeah that yeah. yeah, did happen see how smart is yeah. this guy yeah. i never that, carried that a changing smart. bag no, uh-uh. but, i'd have been i'm I'd probably close myself in the trunk or something stupid but quite often it was <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> <laughs> What is? Where is that noise coming from? The dispatch photographer locked himself in the trunk of his car again. He rescued the film. Yeah, I know. Yes. <laughs> he pops out. The cop tears open the back. Fireman opens it up. They think you're kid. You've been kidnapped. They, you know, you rescued a kidnap victim, and then you're standing there. You pump your eyes in there and save the film. Oh, I remember taking a coat off and, you know, and doing it yeah, in the cold oh. and covering it over the body, trying to get the film out because it's you know jammed up somehow. Those these kids have Yikes. it so easy today. Yeah. No, yeah. Cl- no clue. With their Photoshop and their digital cameras. Welcome to talking old pictures. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> old guys talking pictures. Look at Coletti over here, the newbie. I know. Yeah. He's confused. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Film? What's <laughs> film? Bacon, you losers. <laughs> <laughs> strippers? What are strippers? Yeah. Says the newlywed guy in the corner. I have no idea what any of these things are. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah must listen. That's what he's saying. My wife's heard uh, the stripper story before. And she's heard that the other stories. I mean, the girls were just. Yeah, it, yeah. It was uncomfortable, man. They're just not. <laughs> it, was, it was awkward. It was awkward. It's like you know, you gotta. Oh, come on now! Like, no, you you kind of gotta cover them up. <laughs> you know, you gotta put your hands across your chest like this. No, that's they're not across your chest. <laughs> uh, well, I, one, did, I did it twice. One time was, we uh, so they had to submit a photo and. Uh, and the girl was just standing there, and she had some work done. Yeah, and um, it was, and then the, everything their, was at attention. And prior and prior boss said, <laughs> "Did you really do that?" I said, "No, I, didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I have ethics." <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not take that. That was a That's submitted photo. That's right. <laughs> Minor <But>, stylish. <laughs> yes, <yeah, so>, stylish. <laughs> <laughs> Mood lighting. <laughs> Uh, those were the days. Uh, well, John, we're gonna miss the hell out of you. Come yeah. back and see yeah. us. Uh, come back and when you do, you know, if you got something to talk about on the podcast, we are we we are always want. I should. I was about to say struggling for subjects, but we're really not struggling for subjects. Uh-huh. We 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 keep popping up and people keep wanting to be interviewed mm-hmm. and whatever. But I, this is one of my favorite ones we've done or will yeah. ever do yeah. because it's uh, bittersweet because we're saying well. goodbye to you. Uh, but you're not dying. It's not like we're going to, you know. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. You know, you're going off. You're going to be relaxed but, and take care of your knee yeah. and and take care of Diane and and uh, have some fun and not have to worry about the scanner call. And the, right. And every time I shoot a gold book, I'll, I'll grimace your name. <laughs> yeah. Greenwood. Greenwood. <laughs> Greenwood. Curses. Curses. He, if he'd only come back if in his corduroy only. suit, with his corduroy jacket with his leather patches. Gil uh, used to carry his flash uh, in one pocket, uh, his Vivitar flash in one pocket of his big old corduroy jacket, and then his film in the other. So he showed up with his little Nikon F with no drive on the back of it, you know? He was that guy. What a great old guy, that guy. Mm -hmm. He told the best stories. I always wanted to be at the Enlarger next to him. 
<laughs> well, anyway, but now so. I, uh, I will miss it all. No, just again, miss you guys. Uh, I said we've had a great, great run. Yep. So yeah. It's been fun. Feelings mutual. Yeah, this is where I insert the violins. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, John. Thanks very yep. much. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm Todd Meisner. I'm Paul Coletti. I'm Todd Welbert. And I am John Greenwood. And we're grateful for having known and worked with you. Uh, We'll see you next time, folks. The Talking Pictures Podcast is a production of The Dispatch, The Rock Island Argus, and QCOnline.com. To see some of the photos and videos discussed in our podcast, be sure to go to qcnline.com slash multimedia. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod at www.incomputech.com. Talking Pictures is produced by Todd Meisner, Paul Coletti, and Todd Welvert. Thanks to Laura Anderson-Shaw, Meg McLaughlin, Laura Frames, and Randy Fisk. Make sure you subscribe to Talking Pictures on iTunes. 